right, we give thanks and praise for all of those children here today and for uh, Miss Hannah, who just loves those children to death. She does. She does such a great, great, great job with them. All right, my friends, now uh, we approach God's Word. Uh, So before we do so, let's bow our heads in prayer. Uh, Gracious God, uh, you just give us this new year as a gift that lies in front of us. And now you give us a new opportunity to come together around your word. So we pray now that you would gift us with your Holy Spirit to open our hearts and open our minds to this passage in the Gospel of John. Help us just to take it into our lives, Lord, to follow you better. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Well, Christmas has uh, indeed come and gone. Uh, For some of us, that's probably a a relief, right? (laughs) For some of us, it might be a little bit sad. Uh, But we have gone through a number of the great Christmas passages the last few weeks. Uh, We have talked about Mary's visit and Joseph's dreams. We've talked about the shepherds abiding with their flocks by night. Uh, But there's one Christmas passage that that I really want to revisit. Uh, We didn't get to have a sermon on it. Uh, We heard this passage in our Lessons and Carol services. If you all were here on the 11th, we heard it. Um, But we haven't really settled in and spent some time with this passage. And so we're going to do that today. Uh, Of course, I'm talking about John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. Uh, This is the Christmas story as told to us by the Apostle John. So let's listen now for the word of the Lord. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, He gave power to become the children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. It's the word of the Lord. Why don't you join me again in prayer? Gracious God, we thank you for this Christmas story as told by the Apostle John. 
Lord, help us to appreciate these words, these words that we hear every year at Christmas time. Please help us to appreciate them even more this year and to take them into our lives and use them to follow you better and be closer to you in the new year. Lord, we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as, as a preacher, um, I am always looking for a good story. Always. I'm sure Mike could say the same thing, Pastor Derek could say the same thing, right? We're always looking for a good story. So please, this year, if you stumble upon a good story, send it my way, okay, or Mike's way. Send, send it our way. There are plenty of them out there. Uh, but sometimes, sometimes we stumble upon uh, a story that is a great story, a story that sticks with you, a story that, that teaches you how to be a better person. And I have one of those for you this morning. So the story begins, uh, in all places, in a grocery store. It's a grocery store where an 82-year-old man is doing his shopping. This man's name is Dan, and unfortunately, Dan is a very sad man. He's, well, sad, lonely, maybe even depressed, even, because just a few years back, his wife of many years passed away. After her passing, Dan would just kind of wander around in their house, looking, searching for who knows what. And he often wondered to himself, how long? How long can I go on like this? So one Tuesday morning, Dan went to the grocery store, just like he always does. And he's in the grocery store, and he's pushing his cart up and down the aisles, just gathering, you know, a few things that he needs to get by. And as he rounded a corner in the grocery store, he caught the eye of a little four-year-old girl named Nora. See, Nora was out shopping with her mom. It was Nora's birthday that day, and they were going to buy cupcakes, and then Nora was going to take them in and share them with her preschool class. Well, as soon as Nora caught sight of Dan, she stood up in the grocery cart, right, which we're not supposed to do, right? She stood up in the grocery cart. She started waving at Dan, and she said, Hi, old person! Hi, old person! It's my birthday today! Kind of caught Dan by surprise, right? But he stopped and he smiled. I mean, how could you not, right? And he said to Nora, well, hello, little lady, and how old are you today? So Nora started to tell him her story, right? It was her birthday and she was four years old and she was buying cupcakes and she was going to preschool to share them with her friends. So at the end of their little chit-chat, Nora asked Dan for a hug right? A hug with a perfect stranger. She asked him for a hug, and he gladly complied, and I have a picture of it for you. There they are. <laughs> real people in the real grocery store, right? That's Dan and little Nora in the hug. And Nora asked her mom to take a picture. That's why we have this picture today, right? Take a picture and Dan, when he looked back upon this hug in this picture, he said that it was the first time in a long time that he felt happy. So they parted ways, and of course, Nora went off to school. Uh, but fortunately, fortunately, the story does not end there. 
For after they got home, Nora just, she just kept talking to her mom about Mr. Dan, as she called him. She asked her mom all sorts of questions. Where does he live? Is he cold? Is he tired? Does he have cheese for his sandwiches? She just couldn't stop talking about him. So through contacts on Facebook, Nora's mom got Dan's number and called him. And they began weekly, in-person, face-to-face visits with one another. Dan gave Nora stuffed animals when she visited. Nora gave him pictures to cover her refrigerator. Nora's family adopted him as their honorary grandpa. And Dan gave credit to Nora for healing his heart. He slept better. He enjoyed life again, and he was no longer depressed. This is healing, healing through the ministry of presence. The incarnate presence of Jesus Christ, working through that tiny little four-year-old girl named Nora and saving Mr. Dan. You know, according to an article, recent article in the Wall Street Journal, Loneliness can take an actual physical toll on folks. And it is as closely linked to early death as smoking 15 cigarettes a day or consuming more than six alcoholic drinks a day. Loneliness is worse for longevity than obesity or physical inactivity. Experts say, quote, the effect of isolation is extraordinarily powerful. They say if we want to achieve health for our population, especially for vulnerable people, we have to address loneliness. You know, after seeing the title of my sermon, whether you saw it on the screen or you picked up one of our handouts, Saving Mr. Dan is my title. After seeing that, you might have thought that I was going to get up here and talk about some miracle cure, right? Some uh, new vaccine or amazing uh, cure for cancer. And those kind of stories are wonderful, don't get me wrong. But this type of saving, the type we're talking about today, is much simpler and is within reach for all of us. It's saving somebody through the ministry of presence, by simply being there with them, by talking to them, by listening to them, by holding their hands, by bringing a a picture for the refrigerator. It's something a four-year-old can do. It's the type of saving originated by our Lord Jesus Christ that we celebrate at Christmas time. When Jesus came to earth in human form, incarnate, we like to call it in the church, incarnate. He came to sit with us, to talk with us, to eat with us, to spend time with us. God did that for us, to be with us. In our scripture passage for today from the Gospel of John, We see John's version of the Christmas story, which focuses on Jesus' ministry of presence. John writes, The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world, and the Word became flesh and lived among us. 
And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth, end quote. God, through Jesus, came to be with us in the flesh. He makes God known to us. He he shows us the very essence of who God is. And that very essence includes the ministry of presence. God didn't send an email. (laughs) He didn't text. He didn't say he wanted to Zoom or or FaceTime, whatever it's called, with us on our computer. He came in person to be with us. He is Emmanuel. We just use that name over and over again. O come, O come, Emmanuel. I don't even know how many times we sung it this past month. But the name Emmanuel, which we often use for Jesus, means God with us. I recently read in one of the many emails that I get as a pastor, you know, I get them from seminaries and all different sources, but I was reading this one article that really hit me, and it said the most important theological term that we have is the word with, because it describes what God did for us in Christ, right? It's amazing. He came to be with us. I know it's sometimes lost on us as modern-day people, but we need to understand how scandalous this was that John was writing about in his gospel. Good Jews would have never claimed to have experienced God, the actual presence of God with them. They were not even allowed in, in the temple space. They had that holy of holy space at the back, right? Only the priests at certain times of the year were allowed to go in there where God's presence was thought to be. They weren't even allowed to say God's name. People at that time would never have gone around saying, God visited them. God came to be with me. They would never have done that. But John tells us that in Christ, in Christ, that that baby in the manger in Bethlehem, That's where God came. God became flesh and lived among us, and because of that presence, a relationship, a bond is now established between God and human beings. In Jesus, God chose to live with us, even in the midst of our sin, even in the midst of our brokenness, even in the midst of our pain. He did not come as a burning bush, a pillar of, you know, smoke and fire, all those wonderful stories from the Old Testament. No, he came as a person. He came as a baby. How scandalous, how preposterous, but how loving of our God to do that for us. And in his doing so, he calls us to follow That is why things like our new CCM ministry is so important. That's why a couple of months ago we stood a whole whole group of people up here and commissioned them to reach out to people in the congregation, to call, to write, to visit, to be a real presence in their lives. It's so important. That's what Nora did. That's what Jesus did. That's what you and I can do too. But of course, of course, there is 
No doubt. There's a downside to all of this incarnate ministry. And the downside is that we develop bonds with people, right? You go visit somebody regularly like Nora did, you develop bonds with them. You learn to care about them. You learn to love them. And sometimes that hurts as life takes its twists and turns and ups and downs. So I'm going to show you now how the story of Dan and Nora concludes. Jennifer, the video, please. Graduation. How about that? And she was there to stroll his garden. These are all tomatoes. And of course, there were countless hugs along the way. It was the first thing she did when we walked in. It was the last thing she did when we left. This was Nora's final visit with her sister Marigold the day before Dan died. No story I've ever told has resonated as deeply as this one. Over the years, Dan got thousands of letters from around the world, and now the condolences are pouring in for Nora. And you can't help but wonder why, with so much else going on in the world. I think it was just humanity at its best to love and to be loved. A prescription for happiness that will get us through anything. Humanity at its best, to love and be loved. Nora loved him to the end, right? Jesus loved us to the end. This is incarnate ministry at its best. We love to the end just like Jesus did. We love with our whole selves. And sometimes that hurts. Friends, we see God's own self in Jesus Christ, when the Word became flesh and lived among us. And the best thing that we can take away from this passage today is that we can become that flesh to those around us as well. We can shine the light of Christ into someone's life and offer them some companionship, some love, a, a piece of ourself. Four-year-old Nora did it so well, so beautifully, and you can too. So amongst your New Year's resolutions this year, let's all resolve to take on a ministry of presence for someone else. Praise be to God. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for this Christmas season We thank you that we can remember in Christmas the gift of yourself to us. Thank you for loving us so much that you knew that nothing less than your very own presence could suffice to bring us closer to you. Help us to remember that relationship and to bring it to fullness in the new year. Help us to model that relationship of self-giving to those in our lives, especially those who need the ministry of presence. Lord, we thank you for little Nora, for her mom, and for all those in our midst 
who take the time to be with others. We know, O oh Lord, that you created us to be with each other and that we truly need one another. Help us to follow your lead in this brand new year. In Jesus' name, amen.